0: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. In this bonus episode, I chat ahead at the cookery school at Churinbury Lee Makeup about their cookery school, food providence, and some time-saving hacks for you to try at home this Christmas. I also wanted to let you know that I'm launching an ebook on Amazon inspired by this podcast and by the No First Meals of Busy Parents Food Blog. It is available now it's 495 and a proportion of the money raised will go to farming community network a charity close to my heart i will put the details in the show notes happy listening and merry christmas hello Welcome to the Countryside Kitchen Meets, a food and farming podcast. I'm Millie Fife, your host. I'm a mum of two, farmer's wife, food producer, and passionate about flying the flag for British food and farming. Today, we'll be chatting to Lee Maycott, head chef at Toonbury Cookery School. Then I've got a few time-saving hacks when it comes to mealtime preparation and some recipes to share, meaning you can juggle family life with the children and cook a tasty, nutritious meal too. Okay, Let's introduce you to my guest. Lee Maycock is a founder and owner of Foxhole's Garden Kitchen and a fellow of the Craft Guild of Chefs. Lee's career commenced at the Ritz Hotel and Le Manor Menoir at Cat Saison, so probably under Raymond's tutorage, and commenced uh, and then cooked extensively around the world for five years before working for fine dining companies in the City of London. He set up LBM Food Solutions in May 2005, a culinary consultancy business delivering menu engineering, product innovation, recipe compilation, and chef development and craft training, and now heads up the cookery school at Chewinbury in Hertfordshire. I recently got to meet Lee when I attended Chewinbury to learn more about preparing and cooking game. It was a really interactive and informative session, and I'm sure he'll chat to chat more to us about this shortly so without further ado let's welcome lee onto the podcast hello lee
1: good morning hello
0: <laughs> how are you have i did i do my research correctly have i summed you up perfectly yeah, sounds
1: very good very good
0: <laughs> and did you did you train under raymond uh
1: yeah he was yeah he was there at the time um it was the year that he won his katie as well so it was a, it was a very good time to be at the
0: yeah, I can imagine. Fascinated. I, I've not been there myself, but um, I have had the privilege of meeting him once because I've been involved with Love British Food, um, the organisation that obviously champions British produce. And he has been a Love British Food ambassador for many years. And I was in, uh, at an event or oh, probably about four or five years ago. So um, okay. I'm actually friends with his son. So uh, he's uh, um, uh, been, been able to help share some good stuff on social media for me which is quite nice absolutely that's
1: alexia robinson isn't it
0: exactly so alexia robinson is the founder of love british food fortnight and uh, she came on the podcast actually about a year ago um and she's still very much championing um the cause really and we've got love british food fortnight which is always the end of september early october which coincides with harvest festivals and and really it's about again considering um British produce on the menu or if you're going out and eating out sort of asking those questions and she's doing a lot of work in the sort of uh retail and public sector to make sure that in hospitals and schools they're serving British produce so um yeah so it's really good yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Something that, that I'm very passionate about promoting. And actually, she's endorsed my book as well, which is uh, about to launch, which is very exciting. Um, so tell me about your background then, Lee. Um, How did you get into cookery? And did you always want to be a chef?
1: Well, it, it started um when I was at school. I was working on a fish market, preparing fish, um, predominantly on a Saturday morning, but also Thursday mornings before school. So I think that's, if I'm honest, that's where it started. And yeah. then from there mm-hmm. I joined a local country house hotel in Oxfordshire and probably like most chefs, started washing up um, and and then moved on uh, into the sort of kitchen doing some basic prep work. Um, but, yeah, they, it, it started in a hotel kitchen many, many years ago.
0: Brilliant. And did anyone inspire you at that point? Do,
1: do you know what? It, it was... I think when you're doing the washing up you, you you get these amazing flavors and smells coming through, so it was that the early years were sort of like tastings you know of the sauces and the different mm. dressings and the things that were making. I think that was the the drive of the inspiration all those years ago.
0: yeah, oh, fantastic. And so where did you go and train? Went to
1: catering college. So, spent two years um, in Oxford at catering college. uh, And then, um, yeah, then straight into the big wide world of hospitality. Went to the Channel Islands um, to start with, then went to the Ritz and Le Manoir, and then traveled extensively.
0: Mm, mm, Chefs mm. are quite nomadic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's unsociable hours as well, isn't it? Working as a chef because it's generally evenings and weekends.
1: It is, absolutely. Every Christmas, every holiday, yeah, when all your friends are out socialising, you're busy working.
0: But you must get a kick out of feeding people good food.
1: Absolutely, and there's also, you know, you, you build up a new network of friends be, because you, you're working with them five, six, seven days a week, mm. um, and then you tend to socialise with them when you do get some time off because, like I said, you, you're busy working when your friends are socialising, so when you get a albeit a Monday off, which is a quiet day in a hotel, then all your friends are at work. So yeah, so you, you build this this new relationship with fellow colleagues and yeah, socialise with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh well it it and it must be it is quite a pressured job, isn't it? Because you're working to quite Tight deadlines. You've got so many covers that you've got to prepare, and you know, I've I've seen your handiwork. That you know, you're doing it. You're preparing everything probably in the day to then cook and serve to people in the evening.
1: Absolutely, and it's all about that preparation. If that you know, if the preparation's not right, what we call mise en place, then service struggles, and you don't, you know, you don't then achieve what you set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um. So the more you can do beforehand, yeah, it certainly makes life easier. During service,
0: mm. and I think from from your sort of background and how how you, you know what what you've sort of talked about already that the the type of establishments that you work in or have worked for are quite fine dining. They appreciate uh, the the provenance of the food that you're serving, and again the clientele that you are serving that to.
1: Absolutely, yes. So I certainly started off in the sort of premium end, if you like, five star hotels and Michelin star restaurants. Um, where I think, yeah, ingredients is key. Um, mm. And if it can be, you know, local or home produced, certainly at Lemanwa, we had vast acres of gardens where so much of our produce was, yeah, literally yards away.
0: Mm. So, mm. yeah, mm. no food miles at all. Yeah, and and that's something that I think we're seeing more and more, isn't it? I mean, people want that kind of food experience. They don't just want to come and eat. They want to know about the journey. They want to know that, you know, it's been shot locally reared locally grown locally um but obviously that it do you think that's accessible to everybody i think
1: it's, it's getting easier um you know with farms are diversifying and selling different products now um we're lucky here on um at churnbury cookery school we've got a two acre garden where we grow lots of our own fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. um and we spend a lot of our time taking the guests up to the garden, picking some produce to bring it back to the school. So we really are cooking with, you know, very fresh um, local ingredients. Mm.
0: And that makes a real difference, doesn't it? I mean, I I know myself from growing vegetables in a garden, from rearing my own pigs and everything. You can taste the difference because of the short supply chain.
1: It's, it, yeah, it's unbelievable the difference. We we took some children recently up to up to the um, Polyton, and they were pulling tomatoes off the vine and eating them like sweets, mm. and saying mm. they've never tasted anything like it, because mm. I suppose what they're used to is going to their local supermarket and maybe trying a tomato that's been flown across mm. from Holland, sat in the storage for a few days, and then on the shelf for a few days. So by the time they're eating it, yeah, it's, it's, it's lost. It's, you know, that impact of flavor.
0: Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's so important to kind of uh, have that experience, even from a young age. And I think with my father growing vegetables in the garden and my grandfather did the same, I think that's something that's always inspired me and I'm now I'm getting my children involved in growing and, um, you know, I think I said to you the other day when I met you, um, the children were down the garden pulling carrots out the ground, washing them under the garden tap and eating them there and then. And their friends were absolutely baffled and amazed that you could just do that and how sweet they were. Um, and, you know, that that for me, you know, is part of my mantra, really, in terms of trying to make that more accessible to others. Um, I mean, what what's your mantra as a chef? Do you have one? Is, there, is that something that chefs have um, or ethos? I I think
1: so. And I Mm. think as as time's gone on, that's probably changed a little bit, say, Mm. from the beginning where it was very much sort of fine dining and premium. Now I sort of tend to go down that sort of simple, fresh, natural, healthy route. Mm. Um, And that, you know, converts into, again, it's local, it's wild, it's seasonal, but it's real. It's about real food.
0: Mm. Um, Mm. Nothing processed. We we don't do anything
1: processed. Mm. Nothing at all. Won't touch it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm. and, and I think that really does link into health as well because you're knowing what you eat. If you're eating the raw ingredient, obviously, then cooked or prepared how you would like it, but actually you're not putting anything artificial into your body.
1: No, no. Uh,
0: exactly. And who who's the most famous person that you've cooked with or for or has helped you along the way?
1: Well, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, I've spent many years working in film and television, Mm -hmm. Um, so I've met so many actors and actresses and and famous people doing that but I also spent um, many years working with the FA so I travelled with the England football team cooking at two World Cups Mm -hmm. Um, so again, yeah, worked with lots of famous interesting individuals during that time Um, but I've also been involved for the past I don't know, 15-plus years judging some huge competitions. Um, and I've probably judged with nearly every Michelin star chef that's out there. Mm-hmm. I've worked with Raymond Blanc um, all those years ago. Recently went shooting with James Martin and Pierre Kaufman, So, you know, great great individuals. Um, so to spend some social time with those, um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, is also incredible. So the list is long. To answer yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, James Martin, oh, um, he he's the ideal person that I want to collaborate with because he's just got such similar interests, as you know, and he's brilliant on TV as well, and could have been quite easy on the eye as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, England, the FA. I mean, you know, what were you cooking for the footballers then? What were, probably a lot of protein?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, quite lean diet. So, yeah, lots of fish meat chicken lots of vegetables um, and we used to feed them six meals a day so they'd have <laughs> breakfast mid-morning snacks then lunch then afternoon snacks then dinner then pre-bed snacks it was constantly grazing all day long
0: it sounds like a toddler
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely yes yes
0: <laughs> I know that from uh, from from experience for sure <laughs> oh that's oh, fascinating you could write a book just on all the different people that you've cooked for.
1: Yeah, I probably could. I probably could and should. yes. Yeah, you Maybe should.
0: You should definitely. I think it would be fascinating to know yeah. what you know. I don't know um, what all these different people eat because that, that's you know, as a, when you get to sort of celebrity status, that's what other people just want to find out. You know, you have to watch watch you know on Google bots or I'm a celebrity and what have you, and you sort of really get to understand what 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 makes people tick, don't you?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Tell me about Chewenbury then. Um, what do, what have you got going on there? A lot, <laughs> um,
1: lots, yeah. Well, it's a seven hundred acre working farm. Um, mm-hmm. and within the sort of hospitality business, we've got obviously the hotel. Um, we've got private houses that we let out. We've got shepherd huts. We've got woodland huts. Um, we've got a wedding business. We've got an events business. Um, we've got four different restaurants. We've got a golf club. It's just vast um, and always evolving, which is mm. which is wonderful. Um, the owners are, um, yeah, very thoughtful in what they do um, regarding their sort of um, green policy or their or their you know their blue footprint going forward. It's a, it's 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 always very sort of conscious with sustainability mm. um, at the forefront of everything that we do. Um, and the cookery school is the latest venture which we now have got, I think, 40 courses that are available. And it's 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 quite a diverse operation, the school, is that we're open to, like, um, the youngsters, so we're doing, like, a junior chef's academy. We're open to the sort of general public to sort of run basic cookery classes and artisan bakery classes and foraging classes. Um, But then we're also keen on chef development and craft training, where we bring chefs through the school and obviously help develop them as individuals also.
0: Mm. so it's Mm-mm. it's very diverse so there's something for everyone then really yeah,
1: yeah. there really is and yeah. obviously at the moment we're now focusing on sort of Christmas um, with lots of sort of different Christmas classes um, come January we're then obviously going to focus on sort of well-being and health because people sort of tend to do that don't they they sort mm. of Rethink things in January, they think, well I eaten far too much and drank far too much, but now we need to have a bit of a healthy month. So we're going to run some sort of wellbeing classes to sort of try and tackle that as well.
0: Mm, absolutely. And you've got vouchers as well, haven't you, that are available um if anyone wants to buy one of those for a loved one for christmas i I think it's yeah. a wonderful gift,
1: yeah, absolutely. yeah, and they they've been selling like hot cakes, um, mm. excuse the punt for the last sort of few days with, yeah with the potential to be wrapped up for Christmas presents that will obviously then be redeemed over the course of the next 12 months. Um, so, yeah, great, great Christmas present.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, it, it is because it's it's learning a new skill or, or honing in on those skills or, you know, I think, you know, everyone can get hung up on actually sort of physical presents and what actually, but actually an experience where you can come to the cookery school and really immerse yourself in uh, the environment that that the school is for a start. And then, you know, you've got really high tech equipment in the kitchens and under your tutorials. Uh, I mean, I was just absolutely blown away by the, the the viewing screen as well, um, where you're actually doing all your demonstrations from. I think just having that as a teaching aid, if any, you know, is just very forward thinking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, like you say, it is very much a hands-on. It's mm. not come and watch me. It's, it's yeah, um, watch a demonstration, and then go back to their stations and, and recreate that dish. Mm. Um, and the beauty also is we've got this lovely big chef's table at the end of the session. We all sit down, eat what we've made, have a glass of champagne, and then it becomes a lovely social event where we mm. talk about food. Mm. You know, when you put half a dozen or 12 people around a table, you know, like-minded individuals discussing food and farming and produce and ingredients. Yeah, it becomes a really lovely debate.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I mean, when when I came um to see you, that's exactly what what happened. You know, you get a room full of foodies together um talking about what they've just experienced over what they've just cooked its just, you know, it, it, it's wonderful. And, all, you know, you, you can make a weekend of it at Chewbury can't you? Because there's, like you said, there's so much going on there that you don't need to go anywhere else.
1: No, you, yeah, you could easily fill a weekend. Yeah, I yeah. think the only thing you're missing is a spa, but I think that's, we're, we're planning that, you know, for the future. Um, So it really will be a, yeah, a complete, package um mm, mm, for people when they're mm. right.
0: but, i mean there's, there's nice walks as well and is there a lake because there's cold you know water swim like open swimming is a big thing isn't it so
1: <laughs> it is well we've we've got a um a river that runs through the estate called the river memram it's probably a bit shallow for swimming but it's um yeah we've got several lakes we've got some trout lakes mm. um we've got two big lakes where the lakeside huts are Mm um yeah so we've got 700 acres of yeah footpaths um Mm -hmm. so yeah there's lots to see and lots yeah lots of walking
0: yeah oh fantastic i mean it's it's a wonderful setting um and i mean you know uh, where do you see the cookery school heading you know obviously this is a recent venture you know do you see that growing in terms of the chef school or the the general public classes or you know is there a particular focus or is it just see how it goes
1: no, I think there's there's no sort of fixed agenda. It's just um, we've launched it now to see where where the interest lies, and at the moment it's quite balanced with, like I say, the the, the junior chefs um, and the sort of general public. Um, the other area that has picked up that, that um, seems popular at the moment is that's the corporate. Um, so we're doing lots of team building and various events in here. Um, we have companies coming and want to dry hire the space also. Um, mm-hmm. So they can come and use it for, you know, uh, development days, food, photography, um, presentations. Yeah, it's, 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 the list is endless.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the location where you are, I mean, you know, you're a stone's throw from London, but you're so accessible for, for everywhere, really.
1: It is. Yeah, we've got a mainline station um, that takes you into London in, 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 I think, 18 minutes. So it's, mm. yeah, it's really, really accessible for central London to leave the city and come into essentially, you know, the heart of of the countryside.
0: Mm, mm, Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. And I think sometimes people think, oh, Hertfordshire, it's sort of overspill or, you know, Commuterville or what have you. But there is a lot of lovely countryside around there. I mean, you know, it's not perhaps your rolling hills of North Yorkshire or, you know, uh, when you get really out into the wilds. But, you know, you can get a good immersive experience in Hertfordshire.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's very green, but Mm. uh, it is very flat
0: yeah (laughs) absolutely um so what's your favorite thing to cook and prepare um
1: i don't know if i've got a favorite i I started off like i say working within fish and then even at the uh, even at the ritz um i spent a few years working on the fish section so i I do have a love of of fish and shellfish and seafood um but i also Big into wild game, Um, Mm. so you know the pheasants, the partridges, the wood pigeons, woodcock, right through ducks and and venison, essentially as well. So yeah, it's um it's hard to put my finger on one, and and I'm also a big advocate for you you know locally sourced and homegrown vegetables, Mm. Um, and that that's one of the sessions we actually run is it's called sort of plants, grains, and greens, and it's explaining to people about how to be creative with the simple you know nuts seeds grains pulses lentils beans and not having to you know have sort of vegan bacon and vegan sausage and vegan black pudding it's it's, it's just trying to use sort of simple natural healthy food
0: Mm. and be Mm. creative with it yeah exactly exactly and then what you can put as a menu because i think you know depending whatever your diet i think when you go out especially you know there's only certain things on some restaurants it's very basic and others you you know you have to pick where you you go I know I'm heading into London at the weekend and I'm gluten intolerant and I sort of think oh it's my birthday I want to have a nice treat but I don't want to have to worry about oh have I got to tell them or you know have I got to have one option but if you've got lots of different things I think it's becoming more I think people are becoming more mindful aren't they of catering for different diets and different choices in terms of what we do eat um and that course oh, sounds absolutely. fantastic.
1: it's come a long way hasn't it if you you mm. know people chefs essentially they're, they're so much more aware now of the allergens and the intolerances and the cultural diets and the restrictive diets and it's yeah there's there's lots of uh yeah lots of options now um and mm. you know you, you touch on the gluten-free mm. it's you know you must remember all those years ago when the sort of bread tasted like cardboard <laughs> it's you know it's moved on a long way now there's some great gluten-free products out there um but mm. you know as good as you know you know the the gluten-free products, mm, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it must be a bit of a nightmare, though, for a chef when you've you you know you've got all these different, you know, and, and some people just decide one day that they're going to be vegan and then the other day they, they've got this problem or, you know, it must be when you're developing a menu, it must be a bit of a challenge.
1: Well, I think as long as you um, approach it with an open mind, um, mm. one of the things we've done in the hotel is is created like allergen-free menus. So we can put together a whole raft of dishes. So if someone does have an allergen or an intolerance, um, or even like you say, celiac disease, there, there's there's lots of options there available now. Um, mm. And as long as we've prepared it and you know um, we're ready for it and we know it's coming, it's it's not a problem at all. Mm. It's mm-hmm. just about being a bit more creative yeah. and knowing you know knowing your your target audience, knowing yeah. what you know they they require.
0: Yeah definitely definitely I always tend to opt to go for a, a go to a steakhouse or something because you know what you what are gonna get steak chips easy
1: absolutely yeah
0: <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> no no so um how can people find out more about the cookery school and about you Lee how can they get in touch
1: well the easiest thing is obviously the Chew and Bray Farm website yeah. um and then once you're on the website, the, the Cookery School's got its own link. You just click on the link and that'll give you a list of the courses and then straight into a booking system. So it's, it's very simple, very navigable.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you're on social media as well, aren't you? Uh, we
1: are, yeah. We, we have a social media team that puts out regular, you know, Instagram and Facebook and other platforms, um, yeah, on a, on a regular basis because it mm. just seems to be the way that the world is communicating now.
0: Definitely, definitely, and I think especially what you're doing in the kitchen as well. Photos uh transpire into sales or awareness raising on Instagram for sure.
1: Yes, uh, no, you're right.
0: Absolutely, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh no, well, I'll definitely put all the information on the show notes of this podcast so that people can find out more. If they want to click and follow, or um, book a course, or just yeah, just find out even more information um from from what we've talked about today. Okay, here are some time-saving hacks for you to try at home. I'm a bit nervous talking about my cookery skills and time-saving hacks in front of such esteemed company. (laughs) But here goes. Christmas is but days away. Um, Now, get the kids involved in making some mince pies. They are so simple to make. And uh, I'm not going to make my own pastry. Um, Quick cheat. Get some ready rolled sweet puff pastry. We are talking about no fuss meals for busy parents here. Lee's probably he, he, you can't see, but he's 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 scowling at me at the moment. <laughs> uh find a couple of cu- cookie cutters. Um, I often use a round one and a star one. Um, and or you can have some fun. I've even got like a tractor shape and a cow shape. Just get the kids involved and have a whirl, have a bit of fun. Get a jar of mincemeat. Aldi do a really nice salted caramel um, mincemeat at the moment, which is lovely. Roll out the puff pastry, um, cut 12 rounds from the bottom and put into a grease muffin tray. Fill with your mincemeat, add a lid with either a star cutout or whatever shape you've used. Brush with a bit of egg, sprinkle some sugar in the top and pop in the oven for about 15 minutes until they're brown and crispy. Super quick and easy. Don't feel guilty about buying shopboard pastry if you're time poor. Um, it's a lifesaver. And in season, right now is December. So there's so many wonderful things. Obviously, we talk about turkey at Christmas, um, which is an obvious one. Um, if you haven't got yours on order now, you really ought to have. Um, poultry at the moment has been a bit of a challenge with avian influenza. So the supply chain is um pretty challenging right now for anyone who is rearing poultry. But we actually have turkey and beef at Christmas um, as beef farmers. Um, it's a real nice treat to treat yourself to a nice joint of sir- rolled sir- sirloin. So that's what we have. But my other December favourite are parsnips. Absolutely love parsnips. I grow them in the garden and they are super delicious. Just either roasted or in a soup with some either a pinch of chilli or some curry powder or something, just to give it a little bit of heat. So those are my sort of December favorites. What what might your December favorites be Lee?
1: Um I think it's a it's a wonderful time of year to um again you know we grow a lot of our own produce here um on the farm but also at home I grow vast amounts of vegetables. Now I don't think there's you won't be going into the garden on Christmas morning and 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 cutting some of your own brussels, you know. That mm. that takes a lot of beating. And you know and and We've obviously still got lots of brassicas in the ground. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll cut various sort of on Christmas morning. We we'll, You know, we'll go and grab some, uh, I don't know, purple sprouting, some cavalo nero. Yeah, and I, I just think the fact that you can have super fresh veg on Christmas morning is stunning. The other thing we like to do, we, we run a class at the school that's called Kitchen Secrets and Chef Shortcuts. So everything that, you know, I've gained in the sort of 30 years that I've been cooking um, and passing some of that knowledge on. Um, and you get people that come into the school that, you know, equally have been cooking for 30 years, but take away some sort of great little tips. Um, we had a, a lovely lady in the other day and I was, I was trying to explain to her about the simple roast potato. You know, when I do a roast potato, I always use three different fats. So, you know, there's always a butter involved. There's always a good rapeseed oil involved, and then we sort of mix it up between maybe beef dripping or goose fat or duck fat or something else. And um, I think, you know, for many many years she'd only use one method of just cooking vegetable oil, and and now she swears by yeah, three fats are the way forward. Um, oh. So it's just yeah, sh- sharing that knowledge sometimes I think is is, is wonderful. And I think you know, a, a real key message for Christmas um, now whether you're having turkey or beef or like us we, we love a roast goose once you've nailed the cooking times, the most one of the most important things after you've cook that 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 bird or that piece of meat is the resting time mm. um, always make sure you, you know you rest your meat um, after you've cooked it and you'll end up with a much nicer you know juicier product if you if you do manage to rest it. I think that's I think resting is as important as the cooking. I really do.
0: Definitely. And that's something I took away when I came the other day. I mean, you know, I I, I do try and rest my meat, but sometimes when you've got kids around your ankles, you're like, oh, they just want to be fed. But I think when it comes to an important meal like a Sunday roast or your Christmas dinner, you know, once you like you say, once you've got your time in sorted, um, having that opportunity. And you were telling me that um to rest it rest a turkey, you should rest it for nearly an hour.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, if you can rest something for half the time you've cooked it for, um mm. that's you know, that's a great, you know, if you cook a steak for five or six minutes, rest it for two or three minutes. You know, mm. if you if you roast a, a partridge for twelve minutes, rest it for six minutes. There's you know, just use that as a as a sort of rough guide yeah. half the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's amazing top tips in this podcast. I'm so inspired as well. a <laughs> thank you. Um but I think that's all we've got time for today. I just wanted to end by saying um, I'm about to launch my own ebook. Um, it's available from mid-December on Amazon and it's been forwarded by HRH, the Princess Royal, and supported by Love British Food, who we talked about earlier. Um, a portion of the sales will go towards farming community network which is a charity close to my heart and, and one that has supported me um when I was quite poorly a few years ago and uh, after I had the children and so I will also put the links in the show notes um to that but that book is basically pulling together recipes from the podcast and from my food blog um so there's a selection of starters mains puddings I've got a, f- a little bit of a focus on hero ingredients as well. So talking about steak, sausages, potatoes, uh, just simple things that you can have in your cupboard, um, which are heroes in our house. So take a look at that, but don't forget to tune into the next episode of the Countryside Kitchen Meats, um, which streams on the first of each month. You can subscribe on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thank you so much for joining me, Lee. Um, I very much enjoyed learning from you and I'm hoping that I'll be able to sort of carry on our journey in terms of learning more from you because I love every, everything that you do. And I think, um, you know, it, 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 there's, there's a lot more that I think um, that we can, we can do together. Um, and also following the journey um, at Chewinbury as well, I think it's sort of a, a, an amazing um, opportunity there for you and in terms of where the school is going. So, Thank you so much and Merry Christmas to everyone and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.